0: Gosh, this is so awesome, man. i never in a million years, so something like this will happen. Out of turn number
1: four come the most powerful weight models on the planet, the world of outlaws.
0: I call Scott, my dad, and uh, nothing like the best in the business, breathing down, your throw your first outlaw in.
1: Welcome, everybody, to episode number 14 of Stick Signals. Happy Race Week. Yes, we are ready to go to the state of Pennsylvania for two of eight races here in 2021. My name is Ruben Morales, your host for Stick Signals. Mick, how are you? I'm exhausted, but I'm here, I'm present, and I'm, and I'm ready. Yeah, you just came back from Pennsylvania.
0: I went out to Pennsylvania in one day and came back the next. That
1: is unreal. I'm glad you made it with, with, with gas, I'm going to say. I'm glad you're back, Mick, to do Stick Signals.
0: Just didn't have any gas when I got back, and there's none to be had, so... <laughs> <laughs> we
1: won't get into that. Yeah, we won't get into that. Uh, Mike Warren, how are you, my friend?
2: I I am doing well. I don't like this weekend off stuff. I, I do, but I don't like you get you get into a rhythm and you just want to keep racing. But it's I, at the same time, it's like all right, I get to sleep a little bit more. But but still, we're it's fun. I
1: I totally agree. It's funny because like on Thursdays, well, I mean, I had finals uh, this whole past the whole last week, so I was like not even thinking a lot about traveling. But on that Thursday night, I had a dream that. I went to school and I was in Las Cruces. And keep in mind, the airport I fly out of has to be El Paso, which is 40, uh, it's, actually, it's actually about an hour. So I had a dream that I was in class and I got a notification on my phone saying, your flight has been delayed another hour. And I'm like, flight is, but been- <gasps> it's Thursday, it's a travel day. <laughs> so my mind is so used to just traveling wow. on Thursdays that I literally had to go from like school all the way to the airport. And I actually woke up in the middle of my dream of like... No wait, I'm, it's an off week. I'm good. <laughs> so my mind is just so used to traveling. But,
0: but you were at least wearing clothes, right? You weren't. You it wasn't one of those like show
1: yeah, up no, in No, it was naked not. Dreams, thankfully, was it? it was funny because I was actually in my uniform, which is weird. But anyway, uh, yeah, my mind is so used to traveling on Thursdays. I can't wait to get back.
2: I just want to point out how old you just made me feel by saying you have finals. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Well, uh,
1: I mean, what? So by the way, what's your degree in college? Where did you go?
2: I went to. The State University of New York at Plattsburgh, you're a and dog. I have a Bachelor of Science in Broadcast Journalism.
1: Okay, nice, Mick. I know you went to college, right? Yeah, same,
0: similar thing. Well, when I was in the Navy, I, I got a degree in Airfield Management to be an air traffic controller, which
1: oh wow, is Thank so you.
0: irrelevant to my job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's kind of like Rick, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's that's why you and Rick bonded so well on that. Well, anyway.
0: I mean, when you're when you're in, you know, you're kind of. That's the path you're on at the point, right? Like yeah. that's the career you're going to take. So you take the schooling that goes with it. And when you get out, you realize, well, there's other things to do.
1: So maybe you're saying something here. When I graduate, I'm getting out of marketing.
0: Yeah. You're going to get into just just uh, just talking for a living.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. That's awesome. Well, welcome, everyone. Um, obviously, episode 13, uh, you got to hang out with us. And episode 14, we have a good one lined up for you. And today, we have a good segment. Obviously, all our news and notes um, were in the last episode. But as we set up Port Royal, this is going to be the sixth and seventh visit. Uh, Two complete shows both nights. Friday being the Huey Wilcoxon Memorial, 10000 to win. Saturday being the Billy Vasick Memorial, 15000 to win. Uh, let's look at the history. Real quick. 2007 was the first visit for the Outlaws to Port Royal Speedway. Daryl Lanigan won. 2008, it was Clint Smith. 2017, Brandon Shepard. There was a big gap between 8 and 17. Uh, 2018, Mike Marlar. 2019, Mason Ziggler. Yes, Ziggy. And uh, 2021 will obviously be our sixth and seventh visit. Um, Mike, we're back to the half miles. Port Royal, this place is called the Speed Palace. What are you looking forward to the most at, at Port Royal?
2: Well, I love speed. There's no question about that. Of course, we all do. We're in the sport for a reason. But it, it's going to be fun. Surprisingly, even though I grew up in the capital district of New York, I've never been to any of these PA tracks that are on the schedule. And this is one of those, along with Seelands Grove and Williams Grove, that, you know, you've you hear from Sprint Car Country many times, and you know you you want to go to some of those big na- big names in Pennsylvania racetracks. So I'm excited to get there. I mean, this place I've seen many big block races there, all on TV and all that. And I'll tell you what, it, it's interesting the way this thing drives. And I you know I watched the highlights this morning of Ricky Weiss and Mason Ziegler's battle from back in 2019. And I'll tell you, this thing's going to drive well. And if it slicks off, which I almost bet money it does Saturday night it'll uh it'll be one heck of a race even with the speed
1: yeah I agree this place is gonna be fast uh limited ex- limited experience for some um, because obviously 2019 so I don't know if Madden's ever been there uh, I know uh Kay Dillard and Ricky Weiss were there their rookie year uh boom obviously that's close to home uh obviously Gustin he's never been there. Bruning likes the half mile. So it's going to be a very interesting how it plays out. That's going to be fun to watch qualifying, obviously going to be huge here. Uh, Shepard already has a third place at Port Royal at a race that they ran about a month ago there. So it's going to be interesting if Shepard just absolutely starts his hot streak right here and gets win 71 and second of the year. Uh, yeah, Port Royal is going to be good. It's a, it's a phenomenal f- a facility. So if anyone has never been there and they're super close, we encourage them to go join us. Um, I've never been there. Second racetrack. In Pennsylvania that I'll be
2: too. And I'm excited. It should be a lot of fun. And I also want to add to a uh, little more, you talk about qualifying being important, a little bit more money on the line for uh, qualifying as well. Of course, we have the Swickwood, slick, slick, slick woodies. Easy for me to say quick time award that we give it every single show, but also it's going to be a thousand dollars more on each night for qualifying courtesy of Isaiah wine or excuse me. $1,000 extra each night, courtesy of Isaiah Weishaupt and Lauver's concessions. So a little bit of extra money on if you can qualify well, which, like you said, the importance of getting in the redraw, especially for this one, is going to be huge.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. Obviously, uh, you look at a bull ring, how tough it is to make it out of an LCS or how tough it is to make it into the, in the transfer spot on a dean heat race. So yeah, in a half mile, you definitely got to be on your A game. Uh, but the good thing, these guys finally coming off an off weekend, we had a... A long stretch of racing we had three weekends in a row and now we had an off weekend these guys could breathe and the best thing is to have another off weekend coming up after port royal so it's kind of time for these guys to get organized and shaken up and that leads us into a good segment uh who is going to be ready so me mick and uh we uh and and mike we kind of decided let's uh have some fun in this episode and let's give our drivers a little grade here so let's go to start with that and we're going to go numerical order Uh, on with the outlaws and obviously we have 10 outlaws so we're gonna start with brent larson um i'll kick this one off i you know brent larson uh, with a new crew chief donnie birdwell obviously we saw how well he did i'm really i I was gonna mark him down as a c plus but you know i'm actually gonna give brent a b minus just because they work so hard and i mean they work so hard obviously made the transition to rocket not too long ago he got his Vic hill engine racing program going at the end of last year and you got to give this guy so much credit it's just him. His wife, Melanie, does the tires and his son brings his high school friend uh, with him to help. And now they got Donnie Birdwell. I feel like this team is on the right track. How you said he didn't get uh, a podium finish again that second night, but he went from 19th to 10th. He's done a lot of improvements. I think Brent Larson deserves a good B minus.
2: Now, I went I kind of did the same thing. I gave him a C And the biggest reason behind that is there are signs of life from that B1 team. And I think he's going in the right direction. And we've seen it. Tough qualifying run on Saturday night. Hey, it happens. You know, it, It's going to be tough all year. But you see some signs of moving in the right direction. And I think if we do this at the halfway point, which I, I hope we plan on doing that as well, I think you're going to see him definitely move into the B range by that point. But it's tough to base it off of one weekend. That's the thing.
1: That is also very true. I, I, I agree with
0: the B minus. The B-. I think that he's definitely in the right direction, and we've seen a bunch of improvement. I think bringing in a crew chief and giving him some – freedom to just focus on driving is going to be huge going forward
2: okay
1: so now we move on to brandon Shepard. uh with brandon he has one win this season and i know it's shocking to say that at this point but if you look back at his past two years uh this is usually the the time of year where he gets that one win and things start to the dominoes just start to fall um he has seven top fives 12 top tens and and he is obviously leading our points I didn't think a plus right out the bat. I I'm honestly going to give them a good a minus just because I know the standard that team has, and I know they can be better and they know they can be better. Um, I feel like there's still a lot to be proven out of that camp. I'm going to give them a good a minus.
2: I'm going to go with a B plus, but for the exact same reasons that you just said, because I think I, I don't think they would give themselves an a on that team with the standards that that rocket one racing team holds. And Same thing. Were there signs of life? Obviously, he gets his win at Mississippi Thunder. Yes, of course, and I I think I will almost guarantee you he'll probably be in the A range by the time we get to uh, the halfway point of the season, but we have to base it off of these races right now, and I I can't say that it's been worth an A. Now, of course, he's been consistent. Can't take that away from him, but as we'll get to a driver a little bit later, I I think it's it's hard to give him an A in this situation right
1: now. Okay, so that leads us now to ricky weiss um so ricky i you know i wanted to give this team a c but knowing the circumstances that they're moving into their fourth shop in five years um obviously they lost jason this year one of their crew guys and we know how crucial crew help has been when the late model world this year um I had to be a little nice and give him a B minus just because Ricky was the highest rookie to ever finish in national points, which was third two years ago and got rookie of the year. Then he got second in points last year. And this year they're in fifth right now. Um, They don't have a win. They have four top fives and eight top tens. You know, yes, I understand they're doing the whole sniper thing, but I just feel like this team could be a lot better. And they're not where they're they're at right now. They are really on the struggle bus. It hurts to see Ricky go out there in hot laps and be fast, and then come out for qualifying and not be fast. So right now, I'm going to give those guys a B minus.
0: I'm going with a C. I mean, we, I I think they'll get better, and I think that they're starting to to move in the right direction. But you know, he's just underperformed so at this point so far. So
2: I went with a B minus as well. But because throughout all that adversity. He has the third most top 10 finishes out of anybody on the tour. True, I, You can't take that away from him. They're still starting to get consistent runs and get in the right direction. And Ricky and I talked about it last week. Qualifying's the biggest thing right now. If he could qualify better, he'd be right up there. I mean, but I also want to remind you guys of something. If not for lap traffic, kind of getting, you know, impeding his progress at mm-hmm. Bristol, he's got a win already. That's true. Because I don't think Devin gets him if not for lap traffic. You know, he's had some really good runs, and, you know, it's the same thing. He might have won the Hawkeye 100 if not for the damage yep. in that incident with Strickler. Yep. So there's been a few things that have just knocked him back a little bit. I I think Ricky's had a much better year than it shows in the results so far, and I think he's going in the right direction.
0: I think it's important to point out, too, like we're, we are sort of grading on a curve, right? comparing what look, it's yeah. like expectations versus delivery so
2: and keep in mind I don't have the curve of the past That's true <laughs>
1: exactly and, and, and that's why I gave Ricky a lot of credit they're just going through so much as like this as I like to say they're drinking water out of a fire hose and that's why I'm saying that's why I give them a b minus I just feel like if this team was a little more organized and they had a little more help I think they'd be a, pow- a powerhouse right now they'd be a big threat but the thing is they're just not that consistent and I feel like there's a lot of improvement to be done there so that's why I'm giving them a b minus but yeah Give, give that team a lot of credit um, now that leads us to the number eight of Kyle Strickler um, you know with Kyle I actually did not put a grade down I have his stats here it's two wins five top five seven top tens I just have mixed feelings with Kyle he, he obviously was very good at Volusia uh, and he's been very good everywhere else and with Kyle I'm honestly gonna have to give him just just a straight up B, no B plus or B minus. I'm just gonna have to give him a B just because he's been fast. He's been good. But the thing with Kyle, it, it's kind of like he he's up there, but then at the end of the night, he's not up there. So I, he's just, I just wish he would finish better with I'm He's going to go with a B.
2: I gave him a B too. I agree a hundred percent. The one thing you got to look at though, how many rookies have two wins in their first year running a national tour? Right. Not too many. At this point in the season, I realize they were both at Volusia and a lot's changed since then, but you can't take that away from him. And he's tied for with two other drivers with the most wins on tour in 2021. So he he's had a good year. I think, again, he's starting to go in the right direction, too. Then you saw it, the Hawkeye 100, if not for that incident. I, I'm not saying he wins the race, but I'm going to say he's probably in the top five. Uh, and, you know, he had a great run at Mississippi Thunder on Saturday night in what was one of the best races we've seen all year. So I think he's going in the right direction, and I think, you know, he's pretty good at these half miles. Be interesting to see what he does here this weekend.
1: And you also gotta throw you also gotta throw the part in there where, you know, I just I feel like everything around him is just, is kind of falling apart for him. And I and I kinda of feel bad for him. And that's why I'm saying. I feel like that's a big part of it. Um, you know, obviously with whole Vinny and then the whole, you know, just everything that's been thrown Kyle's way. Like Kyle is probably the happiest guy to be here. He is the happiest guy to be here. Yeah, but for sure. But it's just everything is falling apart for him, and I feel bad for him. And I just feel like it's it's things that are out of his control. So that's why I just gotta give him a B. I would love to give him an A minus. Because he's a heck of a wheelman and driver, but I just got to go with that B for right now. But I, I believe that could be an A+. plus.
0: Oh, yeah, I think I think B is, is where he's at. I don't think that he's happy with his performance. And yet, like you said, man, just it's just like a, a shed storm of bad luck and bad breaks. But the guy keeps a smile on his face, and he's, he's like he said, happy to be here. Probably the happiest driver we have to be here. So
1: Exactly. All right, so the next number is the 16. That's Tyler Bruning. So our next driver, uh, and Bruning, I'm going to be honest with you guys right now. I You're going to be probably surprised, but I'm going to give Bruning an A-, minus just because he is on the charge. Guy. Like, he has not been to any of these tracks. You know what I mean? Like, Bruning is so good at this. He's only ran super late models his whole life. He has Zeb, and it's, it's a little man crew out of Decorah, Iowa. Yes, he has zero wins, but he has two top fives for what he has in a capital. A cap, there's no capitals on tour other than Shane Clanton, but obviously Clanton's not even with us anymore. So to to be here looking at what Bruning's doing with that capital program is absolutely amazing to see how well he's been running. Obviously the, the bolt and the drive shaft going out, but I think Bruning is, is A- and he's going the right direction in points. He he took the, He's the only rookie to take the rookie lead from Strickler. Granted, he don't have it right now going into Port Royal, but he took it.
2: Did you uh, look at my notes before you uh, decided to do this? Because I got an A minus also. It's the same oh. thing. No wins, but he's been very consistent throughout the season. You know, he he's he, it's been a little bit of a learning curve mm-hmm. with, but but for it's for the same for a lot of guys. There's a lot of tracks guys I haven't been to this year because we've made so many first time appearances sure. in a lot of these places. So he's and again, if not for Friday night, he has a top three. With that bolt coming off, probably. So -hmm. you're looking at a much different thing, and bad luck goes in the right way. But these guys, you know, they're there. Ever since—I want to throw Bristol out the window a little bit because even when we're comparing it with, like, half miles, Port Royal, and Volusia, because I think Bristol's its own animal. (laughs) And I said that last week, too. But you look, Richmond in a redraw. I I believe he's made most of the redraws— Correct me if I'm wrong. That's one of the biggest keys. And again, I think he's going in the right direction, and that's a trend that could stay.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Bruning's been very well at the beginning of nights and tracks that he's never been to. That's what I'm saying. And with the capital, that's you know something you really hear of. So it's really good to see Bruning running well. Uh, that team has its head on right. You go and talk to them, and they say, you know what, we go on, off our own baselines. We go look in the dirt. We look at what kind of the, what kind of shape the track is, and we do that. So they're they have their heads on right. Um, they think night per night. They don't think, oh, well, we got to start preparing for Circle City and Plymouth. No, they're thinking about Port Royal Friday night. They're not even thinking about Port Royal Saturday night. They're thinking about, you know, w- w- what they need to do. And that team has their head on right. Um, let, let's go ahead and move on to uh, Dennis Erb Jr. now. So I I hate to say this,
2: but obviously... You skipped one if we're going in number order there, uh
1: Oh, you're right. Sorry. Gustin. I just skipped one. Gustin. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. That's Ryan Gustin. My bad. I I flipped the page a little too early. So the Reaper, 19R. Um, you know, Ryan coming from the modified world, we all know he's he's a beast in the modified world. Uh we we see the trend of modified drivers turning into late model drivers and coming over here and and kicking butt. Um I'm going to have to be honest and give this team a B minus just because of the limited knowledge they had. They faced a shop fire last year before the summer nationals. They were going to run the whole thing. And then they did not They came back the last week. They won the whole points week that end of the week. And all of a sudden they're running for rookie of the year in a national tour. Like if I was a driver now, this is just me, though. If I was a driver and I was in Ryan's position, I would have still ran more regional stuff this year and then tackled a national tour next year. But they went right to it they they want to get their butts kicked to get better this team wasn't even in the top 10 in points a couple races ago they're eighth right now they're making a big comeback they had a good run at at um mississippi thunder they know they belong there now they know they could run here i'm going to give this team a good b minus
2: i'm going to give them a c plus for a lot of the same reasons and it's the the trouble is going to be you know mississippi thunder was going you knew was going to be his best track so far out of everything we've seen. I don't think anybody was arguing that. I think there's still a lot of tracks he just hasn't been to where he's behind the eight ball on the notes, and that's going to keep him right around that C range for a while. Now, I hope he proves me wrong. Don't get me don't get me wrong here. I hope he comes out and completely just destroys what I just said and picks up a couple of wins. But, you know, right now, it's let's put it this way. 2021 for Ryan Gustin is going to be a learning curve. So it's probably going to stay that way for a lot of these racetracks, but I wouldn't be shocked if he shocks you with one here – sometime down the line
1: that's true Uh, okay that that's that's very very arguable i i respect that that's very good um all right so that leads us on to dennis herb jr i you know it just it hurts to see him run the way he's running um one top five three top three top tens um i i just gotta give him a c minus i mean dennis herb jr has just not shown speed this year, and I, I really don't know what's happening. Obviously, we call them the one-man band. It's only him and Heather. I understand it's a lot of work, it's, but Heather's a hardworking woman, and Dennis is a hardworking man. So I don't know. Um, maybe Joey needs to set the car up a little faster. <laughs> They're a little doggy. Uh, I, I don't know. I <laughs> I really don't know. There's something wrong with this team, and I just don't know what's wrong with them. But I know one thing about them. They are true racers. They're going to show up no matter what. They are still going to race other events that are not outlaw events when the outlaws are off, and they're going to find this speed, and they're going to get it back together. But at this point in the first quarter of 2021 with the season, I cannot give them more than a C plus. I can't. I'm going to go with a C- minus for Dennis Herb Jr.
2: I have to say the same thing. That's exactly what I have. And other than the shot of sunlight at Farmer City when he sets like Woody's Quick Time on Saturday night, there's really – I haven't seen too much from him. Again, I wouldn't be shocked, but he's another driver. If he turned it around and it hit a switch, wouldn't be surprised. I know that we have some tracks coming up, like Erie's, for example, where he won last year. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he's in victory lane because he's got that veteran experience. It's just, you know, you hope it goes in the right direction for him soon.
0: Have they had much for mechanical problems? I know at Bristol,
1: they they had to go to a backup car because of an engine or something, yeah. but have they been plagued with that? Um, no, I know they got that engine back, and it's it's refreshed. So They got okay. two good cars to, uh, ready to roll if they need a backup. Um, I, I don't know if they're facing any other mechanical issues. I just really don't know what edge they're missing. You know what I mean? But I, I really don't mm-hmm. know. I'd like to find that out, but I, I really don't know. But yeah, Dennis Herb, hopefully they find speed. And obviously he did have that, almost won at Volusia last year until the skills incident. But you can't compare that to this year because this year it was a whole re-newly resurfaced yeah. Volusia Speedway Park. Everybody struggled at Volusia. So you really can't uh, take away that from him and he still qualified well. So, all right. This is going to lead us to Chris Madden. And this is the only driver, believe it or not, I have with an A+. plus. Yes, he's second in points. He has two wins though. Eight top fives, 11 top tens, And he's second in points. All I'm saying is if it wasn't for the two features he didn't make, I I wish he would have. He would probably be it'd probably be like a six, five point difference. I don't know. We don't know. You know what I mean? Like I just wish he would have signed the paperwork a little earlier. It would have been better, but ever since he signed on tour at Smoky Mountain, obviously he won at Mississippi Thunder Speedway, a track he'd never been to. He's way out of his region. Um, He's been super consistent, eight top fives, 11 top tens. Chris, uh, he's the same way like Bruning. He has his mind on the right way. He, he said, you know, we can't even be thinking about points. We just got to go out there and run and, 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 just let everything fall into place. And I think Chris Madden right now is one of, if not, the toughest drivers uh on in, in dirtly model racing right now. He yeah, you know, he won the dirt Dryden Extreme Dirt Car Series Championship. He, his team is so young. Ricky and, and um and Steve, those two again, guys. This team doesn't even have more than a year together. They they barely formed before Charlotte last year. Uh this team is a powerhouse. I will not be surprised if Madden you know takes the point lead here in about two months i i would not be surprised chris madden is very good right now i think he has an a plus i
2: gave him an a he's also my highest rated driver so i don't want to i don't want to say i'm not you know giving where credit is due uh, it's the same thing he's been having a heck of a year he's been the best driver start to finish and with his starts all year if you actually put everything together you can't argue that when you look at the stats but it's those two races that really make the difference and but especially with the momentum he's going to have coming out of Mississippi Thunder. Listen, don't be shocked if Madden starts reeling off wins. We talk about Shepard getting one and start reeling off some momentum. Don't be surprised if that 44 is uh, there and we could be uh, singing smoke on the water in a Keystone state next weekend.
0: There you go. <laughs> you know, and that it's remarkable because we may at the end of the year be crowning a champion that missed two races. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it didn't just show up points either,
1: right? Like zero, no, he just zero didn't points. Make it. Yeah. yeah. He just didn't make it. And, and think about it. Like, Shepard only has one win. Yeah. Madden has two yeah. with two less starts. Yeah. Madden has 15 starts. Shepard has 16. You <clears throat> you know, the next driver to have 15 starts that is in the top 10 in points is Ryan Gustin. And Ryan, that's why I gave Ryan a good grade because he's eighth in points and he has 15 starts. Brent Larson is 10th. He has 16 starts. It, it, you gotta go to gotta go to Kyle Bronson, is out of the top 10 that has less than 17 starts. Like for Chris Madden to have 15 starts on a national tour. Compared to 17, Madden is A-plus for me, and, and A is still pretty good. I I, I get where you're getting from, Mike. I, I totally understand that, but Chris Madden is a force to be wrecking with. I wish he wouldn't have missed those two races, but you look at his points racing, Chris Madden is a true points racer. He knows how to points
2: race. And that's always the key when we get into those later races, especially, which, um, by the way, just happened to be in the region that he's from, most of them.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So uh, obviously he can't wait to get back to the South, but he's doing great out of his region. So I'm really excited to see Chris at Port Royal. All right. So that leads us to Cade Dillard. Uh, he got a second and season opener, which he almost won over Bronson until that wild restart with him and Lanigan. And then he almost won Farmer City. If he would have just blocked the top from Pierce, he would have. Possibly won that he, he would have won that race. And then obviously the win at Boone. Uh, th- this team is doing great things. I just I know them at, from watching them as a little kid. And I, I've been so harsh, but I think I'm going to give them a B plus if I'm being honest. I I just feel like this team could be a lot better. Um, I know they're not where the, where they want to be, but I think this B plus could turn into a A real quick just because they're heading into an event that they won last year. Firecracker here in a couple weeks, in a month I should say. Um, this team is about to catch fire, but obviously you got to keep in mind it's it's just him and Donnie, and obviously they come from the modified world. This MB custom program, an MB again, an MB is like. Same as a capital. You really don't hear much about him. MB is a little more popular, I would say. But it's tough for Cade to, you know, um, find a baseline with anybody else. He's the only MB out there. And I think Cade is doing a great job, but I'm going to give him a B-plus right now just because I know they can be better.
2: Well, I'm going to sound like Debbie Downer here after this is all done. I gave him a B-minus. Okay. And I, I know he's I know he's got the wins or the one win, could could have two or three. I just feel like the luck hasn't gone in his favor, and unfortunately, you do got to look at results a little bit. Now, I'm with you, though. Could this turn into an A-minus very quickly? Absolutely. I've seen a lot out of Cade this year, but right now I have to give him a B-minus based off of results. And okay, maybe I'm comparing it to past years after I said I didn't really couldn't do that. But I know he's been better in the past. and I know he wants to get to that point.
1: Yeah. And honestly, like I love Cade and I I don't know if this is exactly true, but I think a lot of it gets into his head a little bit just because you look at Smoky Mountain. Yes, he spun out there. You look at Volusia. He almost won that first night. Second night goes out there and wrecks. So I just kind of feel like Cade, he's been fast, but you don't have the results to show for it. I feel like he has half the results to show for it. Um, cause he's, he's been running really good. It's either Cades on the podium or Cades in the back. It's, it's one, one or, or, and and not necessarily the backpack, but I feel like Cade could be a lot better and I know he could be a lot better and he's going to be a lot better. It's just, I think finding a little rhythm for them right now. So yeah, that's, that's pretty good. All right. B minus from Mike and uh, B plus. All right. I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, that leads us to our final driver. Uh, Boom Briggs, 99B. Um, Boom, obviously, we talk about him making the transition to rocket chassis over the offseason. Uh, he went way out of his comfort zone. Uh, he really tried to get a lot of seat time. He's been getting a lot of seat time. If anything, Boom's racing more this year when we're not racing. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's doing a lot better. Uh, Boom is one of those guys that you're going to go and laugh with every time you talk to him. Um, and the thing is he realizes he's not where he wants to be and he's getting better. Boom is a guy that's improving a lot. Um, yes, he's ninth in points. He only has two top tens, but but given the circumstance that he made the switch to rocket, uh, he's racing more. He wants to be better. And for God's sakes, he, he, he grooves and sipes his own tires. He does a suspension. Like he does, Everything basically on this. Car. Obviously, he has good crew help. Crew, uh, crew help, but given the circumstances, I really wanted to give him a C plus. But because I see the improvements that he's doing, he's building Lego by Lego. I'm gonna give him a B minus.
2: God, you got you're making me look bad here. I, uh, I'm gonna give him a C. I'm gonna give him a C. But I did not also have that knowledge behind my head that the uh, he switched to rockets this year again. Yeah. Again, just a reminder to everybody. I'm still learning a lot when it comes to the late models, I got the gist of it down, but
1: well, I mean, Mike, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just too nice, but, but it's fair. I mean, honestly, I I always said, I wanted to give him a C minus, a C plus, but I just, I also put into perspective, like, you know, this, these guys are putting hard work. Like I I put everything in, you know, for example, like if, if we had to talk about, for example, uh, he's not on tour anymore, but chase young hands, in our interview, he says he has to stock up the refrigerator. Like I put those little things in into play. That's why I'm a little nice that yeah. I give Ruben curve. is definitely the teacher that you want to have.
2: Okay, and I'm definitely <laughs> yeah. not at this point. So I, I gave Boom a C, which to me, C's average. Yeah, it's not. I, I don't yeah. think he's it's necessarily passing. having a bad year. Just there, there hasn't been anything really to write home about here in 2021.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, I could bump him down to a C because last year he was a heck of a good qualifier, and this year he hasn't been.
2: He does
0: seem to
1: but, be off. Yeah, but I, I take that away just because he's made the transition to rocket chassis. That's the only reason why.
0: But and I, I think they'll get caught up because, like you said, he's he's racing like he's running some of those midweek shows, and he's yeah. racing a ton. Boom used to just pretty much race our tour races and I see him pop up all over the place. So it's great.
1: Yeah, I've been seeing Boom a lot more and I I see that 99B a lot more and I I really feel that that team, I I predicted it at at Stick Signals episode one, I think it was. We made predictions for the year. I said Boom Briggs gets his first outlaw win this year. I I said it it and I'm still going to stay with it. I, I stay true to my word. But all right, those are our report cards on the drivers of the World of Outlaws, Morton Building's Late Model Series. That was fun. We're definitely going to have to do this again. This is obviously just the first quarter like of the that. season. Yeah, this is very good. So now the, 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 now the question is, we have like two, three questions now to wrap this up before we do our interview, is who goes to the principal's office? Mike? I'll, I'll let you go first on this. one, And I feel like you're going to say the same driver I'm going to say, but I'll let you say, who Oof. who gets sent to the principal's uh. office right now if we had to send one of these 10 drivers?
2: I don't know. It's a tough one. It is
1: a tough one. Do you want me to go ahead?
2: I do I, I I yeah, you go ahead. Okay.
1: If I'm gonna send somebody to the principal's office, it's definitely going to be Dennis Herb Jr. Just because he, he needs to step it up just a little bit. I you know, I I feel like Dennis is just not where he needs to be. And we know what Dennis is capable of. For God's sakes, he's won the Dirt Late Model Dream. You know what I mean? Like he's been he knows what, what good victory tastes like, is just I feel like right now. They need a little wake up call if if they want to stay in this, and I think he needs to be sent to the principal's office right now, and he'll be good. You know the the problem is he, he probably just
0: needs to go see the school counselor. Yeah, maybe the school counselor. D- like dis- discipline's not going to help him right now. He's he's just in a funk. He needs to go see the counselor, find some some uh, tools to get in better spirits.
2: Yeah, I'd have to agree though. At the end of the day, like that that would be the driver because I think he, he he again he kicks it into gear, he's going to be fine. It's just, it's been a tough start for the 28.
1: Okay. So now I'm going to throw this curveball. Who gets extra credit?
2: I got to go Bruning. Yeah. Okay.
1: I, I, I think I already gave Bruning extra credit. Um,
2: well, you're the nice teacher, so yes. <laughs> of course you did. Uh,
0: I think maybe Strickler. I mean he does have the two wins yeah I mean I don't know if Strickler gets extra credit or if he goes to the principal's office probably both
2: I mean if you want it <laughs> now if we were doing superlatives and wanted to go most driver most likely to go to the principal's office Strickler would be number one <laughs> on my list <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and it's funny that you say Strickler because I was going to say Strickler myself I was a little harsh on Strickler I gave him a B although he's third in points I I'm going to give him extra credit and bump him up to a B minus minus. and that by the B minus I'll say like an 89 he's like right there on the edge of an A you know what I mean um, I I just uh-huh. feel bad because he's a heck of a wheel man. You know he's really good. It's just everything around him has just fallen apart, and you you can't blame the guy for that. You know what I mean? Like he means good intentions, and, and he has two wins. Come on, guys! And we talk about him as a rookie. You come from the modified right. class, not very much experience. We saw what he did at Eldora last year, leading everything but the first and last lap. Uh, that what a heartbreak! And I that was horrible, yeah, yeah, it was horrible. And he's doing so well this year, guys we've talked about it so many times he's a rookie and we're talking about a championship like let's be real here you know what i mean
0: right. um i well as a as a guy who had straight a's and visited the principal a lot in high school you you know you can end up with extra credit and seeing the principal it happens <laughs> believe me it happens
1: <laughs> exactly so my extra credit is gonna go to Kyle Strickland all right well that's gonna do it for the report cards that that was a fun segment we hope you fans enjoyed it but real quick we gotta thank our good friends at Manscaped Father's Day is just right around the corner and you probably need a gift for a hairy dad make sure your dad is proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 you Heard that right? The lawnmower 4.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Stick Signals 21 at Manscape.com. And race fans, don't forget if you've been watching every outlaw race on Dirt Vision, presented by Dryden. Thank you for watching, first of all. And if you can't make it to an outlaw event, don't forget. Take the store to your living room. Go to store.worldofoutlaws.com. The new late model patch, snapback, uh, neon koozies, and summer is coming up. How about a World of Outlaw beach towel and some neon koozies? That's pretty cool. So there's obviously a lot more on there. Go check it out. All the brand new t-shirts for this year and much more. Go to store.worldofoutlaws.com. For episode 14, we decided to sit down and talk to the driver from Lake Elmo, Minnesota, Brent Larson. (laughs) Larson. Uh, brent my friend thanks for joining us on stick signals uh, let, let's start here how'd you get into racing brent
3: yeah good to be with you guys so my dad um raced from the time before i was born and on and off while i was a kid in grade school and so on and um i uh, i was always around it always loved it like when i was you know a year or two old from my earliest memories i was sitting on the couch somewhere with a something I thought was a steering wheel or whatever, pretending I was a race car driver. So it was just always something I wanted to do. And um, when I was like 13, 14 years old, we'd started saving up some money for a couple of new snowmobiles. Cause we had these old piece crap ones and they were always falling apart and they weren't any fun. So my dad's like, Hey, let's start saving. We'll get, we'll get some new sleds. And, and when I turned like 15, we had enough money to buy a couple of new sleds. And, um, and my dad was like, you know, we could take this money and buy a race car instead. And I was like, Oh yeah, let's do that. You know, like that'd be way better. So, um, I got my first car it was just kind of piece of crap, super stock. And, um, I, uh, when I, we first went to the races, we didn't have a trailer or a truck or anything like that. So we, um, we borrowed the neighbor's trailer and my dad put a, uh, trailer hitch on like his, his Chevy Lumina sedan and we threw a a toolbox in the trunk and like, we headed off to Cedar Lake for our first race. Um, that was the first time I drove a stick or anything. So it was, uh, it was definitely a learning curve, but I started out at 16 years old in like this, um, super stock class, which is, I don't know, just like a hobby stock class around home here and raced that for three years. And then, um, when I was a senior in high school, I decided I wanted to go late model racing and uh, went and hooked up with one of the car owners around here and, um, and took out a loan from him. And I don't think I paid for my first late model until like four or five years after I was done racing it. But uh, anyhow, that's kind of how I got my start in racing. So when you started in late models with Supers right off the
1: bat, cause I know you've had a lot of success at Cedar Lake with, with the late model.
3: Yeah. So the racing up by us here is all a soda. And it's like a steel block, aluminum headed 360 motor. Um, and they run on like a, an LM tire. Uh, so it's kind of like a limited late model guess, basically around the rest of the country. And that's, that's what I started off in. And I raced with soda until 2014. I dabbled a little bit for one year in open late model racing back in 2001. But, but you know, all all the way up until. Um, 2016, I guess it was, I, I raced, um, like was Soda Late Models or USMTS. So I really didn't get into super racing until 2016. I dabbled a little bit in it there and then we went and did some more super racing, pretty much super racing in 2017. You talk about USMTS. So when, when did you race the modified? So, yeah. So I started, um, uh, racing USMTS a little bit when they would come back up around home in, um, 2000. 2012 And then in like I think thirteen I dabbled a little bit more and fourteen, fifteen I kinda ran US MTS primarily when I raced my mod. Um and then I think my last US MTS race was in sixteen, which was kind of a flop and just pulled the plug on that since it was starting to pay more attention to super stuff then.
1: So you made the transition to super late models. Uh, how's that transition been? Like I, a lot of guys adapt fast. A lot of guys, you know, it takes a little bit of time. How has that transition been for you?
3: I would say slow. Um, you know, right at first we kind of ran okay. Um, in some of the MLRA shows and the little open shows here and there around home. But I wasn't really stacked up against the A-team. And then in, um, in 2017, when I was racing for Arnie, you know, we kind of went full out and he got the cars and we got the equipment. Um, but I just didn't always match up well with what was going on and the learning curve and the different tires and surfaces around the country. Um, so we ran like a hundred shows that year in seventeen, and by the end of the year, I had gained quite a bit of knowledge and experience and was starting to learn more of what I needed to know, but I um, I feel like it's just been. A curve of more, like maybe personal growth and um, just learning and and so on, more than has been results over the last two or three years. And uh, and now I feel like I'm starting to get to the point where um, some of that experience and knowledge I've gained is is going to start to transition into finishes. But it's been um, it's been a bit of a, a curve for me.
2: Now, what made you want to make the jump to get into
3: the world of outlaws? Um, honestly, it was, was something that Arnie wanted to do. Uh, I'd always, you know, as a little, as a kid and growing up, I'd always wanted to, you know, be a Billy Moyer or be a Scott Bloomquist. You know, um, I just was infatuated with going to the, the big shows around home and, and watching Jack Boggs and all these guys roll out with, you know, two cars and, spare noses and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, man, I'd love to do that someday. Um, but, uh, Arnie was really the one that, um, wanted to go after a rookie of the year deal and, um, and give it a shot, uh, with the super late models. Um, I tried to get him involved in some of my USMTS stuff, but his heart's always been in in super late models. And so, uh, it was something he wanted to do. So when we got together in 2016 and started working this out, you know, the the whole thing was kind of geared towards running the World of Outlaws at some point, which is what we did.
1: Ah, uh, Brent, uh, you're coming off your best career finish with the World of Outlaws, second at Mississippi Thunder Speedway. Uh, quote of the year, I think. You said, "I got a little com- little pieces of confetti on my car, and tomorrow." there'll be more on it. That, that, that was amazing. How rewarding did that second place feel?
3: Um, it was really good. Uh, I feel like in the middle of um, a weekend like that, you know, you just kind of go straight back to thinking about, you know, how are we going to do better for Saturday or what, how do we continue to prepare? What do we need to do for tires? And so, um, you don't get a chance to really sit and and take it in, but, um, you know, it definitely felt good. Uh, I feel like, you know, we should be there more and we should have been there more and like, we can be there more. So, um, for me, it was just kind of like, finally, you know, it wasn't like, yeah, heck yeah, that's awesome. It was like, finally, you know? And so, um, so yeah, it felt good. Uh, I was really happy for the people that, um, put so much effort in to what we do, you know, my, my whole family just, pours a ton into it. And so it was cool to be around home, have my in-laws there, um, have my daughter and my son there and, and my wife on sticks and, and my, um, my crew guy has been working hard and, and the other people that are involved with what we do, you know, day in and day out. So for, for so many of them to be there and just to see, um, how happy and excited they were, that was probably, you know, even a bigger deal for me than, and just finishing second. second. Um,
1: Brent, I wanted to touch on, on that, your crew guy. Uh, obviously, you're from Lake Elmo, Minnesota, and Donnie Birdwell, he's all the way from Florida. So, like, how'd you guys come about as a team?
3: Yeah, so I've been looking for a guy for a while, and um, I, uh, I finally posted an ad on Facebook, which is, like, he, I try to stay away from that, because you just get all sorts of different people that, you know, maybe some of them have been involved in the sport, and some of them are really green, and it it ends up you spend a lot of time talking to people uh that route. But um we went we gave that a shot and um and I've just I've totally lucked out with Donnie. I, I still sometimes wonder like why the heck would you wanna leave Florida and and come up here, you know? But uh but his wife got a hold of me and said, Hey, my husband's been wanting to do this for a while and uh a good Chaplain friend of mine, Joe Kelly from down Florida, uh, messaged me all at the same time and said, Hey, I've got this friend Donnie that, um, that's been wanting to do this and he'd be a really good fit for you. And so, uh, yeah, it wasn't like we had a friendship before or anything. It was just kind of a cold call. And I, I, I was talking to my wife, Melanie, and I'm like, I'm just not sure why this guy would want to leave, um, leave Florida and come up to this frozen hell and do this but i guess if he wants to i'm not going to stop him from it you know so anyways um he's just been a great addition to my team and um he's he's just able to catch everything that uh that takes the time you know like he's it, not like a wizard on setup but um you know most drivers at this level know what they're after know what they need to do so it, it's more about um having somebody that can help drive the truck, you know, get, get things, uh, maintained on the truck or the trailer and, and keep the car going and just keep things in order to lighten up the load so that I can, you know, catch a nap or think about what I want to do, or just spend more time on, on trying to go fast and make sure we've got what we need and so on. And Donnie's just been great for that. Do you know Donnie's background? Uh, I know he raced six hundred two late models. I know he's been involved in racing. Um, you know, for 20, 30 years, he told me he used to grade the track at Belusia. So, um, seems like he, um, he's got a pretty good handle on the racing world and, uh, his passion. And so it's a good fit. He's got experience.
2: Now, apart from Donnie Brent, this is a family operation the whole way around. You know, you, we walk around the pits all the time. We see your family working on the car, doing everything they can to make sure you're out there for all night. Talk about how that pretty much all came together.
3: Yeah. So, um, my, my kids been around it, you know, since they were born and my son, when he was three, four years old, he started learning how to break down tires and air and stuff up. And if you go creep my Facebook, you page back a ways, you'll see the pictures all the way through the years of him tearing down engines or whatever when he was just a little guy, you know, and uh, and so he's been around it. My daughter's been around it. They've raced quarter midgets on and off, and so it's it's just the life that they know. Um, and then I met Mel in two thousand and thirteen after my divorce, and uh and she grew up in racing. Uh, her uncle races here locally and her dad races, and her grandpa. So she comes from a racing family and, um, and so everybody's just, that's what they do. That's what they love. Um, in 2020, the beginning of last year, um, we kind of found ourselves in a tough spot and we couldn't, um, couldn't really afford a full-time crew. So, uh. I don't know. We were just kind of sitting around, hanging out, trying to figure out how we're going to do things. And Mel said, "Well, I think I can do tires. Like I should be able to learn that." And um, and I think she forgot about it a couple few days later. And I said, "Hey, why don't you come over today and start mounting some stuff up, and I'll show you what to do." And and she was like, "You serious?" And and so, anyways, she's been doing tires since. And and, uh, and this year, when we were in between crew guys, my Son and one of his buddies went on the road and um, helped me out for three weeks straight. And so he's capable of doing everything. And he's a 15 year old kid. He likes playing video games and doing other stuff besides just working on race cars. But uh, he'll come help out dad if I need it. And and Mel has been really taking over the tire deal and in a lot of the different details of the team. And my daughter is always around to help run errands or make things easier. Uh, she's worked the outlaw shirt trailer a lot. And so she stays involved as well. So you
1: talked about your dad and then you, so you're the second generation, I'm assuming is, is, are we going to see Matthew maybe be the third generation racer?
3: Yeah, actually you are. Um, we're in the middle of putting a car together for him right now. And, um, nice. Yeah. He, um, he saved up a lot of money last summer and, uh, and then grandpa matched him and, um, he got himself a a super stock, which is like the same class I started in. And so uh, we are in the middle of getting that finished up for him and hope to get him out on the track, probably Memorial day weekend.
1: That's very good. Um, Let's, we talk about a lot of drivers doing this switch to, you know, chassis switches over the off season. Let's not forget
3: you were one of those drivers and you switched to rocket. Um, How are you liking those? It just fits me better. I mean, Um, I spent a good number of years in the Longhorn deal and, um, and then I got into a Barry Wright car last year and, and I, I felt good in that Barry car and had actually planned on being in, in Barry cars this year, but without them being on the road, it's just hard to go out and, and do it on your own. And I wanted to be with someone that I could have some support and talk to some people to, and, you know, have somebody with spare parts in the trailer besides just myself. and so, uh, I talked to boom and, and Daryl and some guys, yeah, I'm going to switch over to this rocket deal, you know? And, um, it's honestly, obviously the Longhorn cars are very good. You know, some of the biggest races are one with those guys. And, and, uh, my buddy is with McCready and Davenport and, and those guys, they've always been good to me. Um, but the, the rocket car just fits me well. Like I just, I feel comfortable with the steering and, um, I think that's been one of the biggest things to help me go forward. Uh, honestly, like a lot of the changes I've been making and things I've been doing in the car, some of the things, the same things I've learned over the years with, with the longhorn and with Barry. Um, but I just feel so much more comfortable. With my steering wheel and and how the car feels to changes I make inside the co- in the cockpit, you know.
1: And you talk about doing those little changes. You're, you're building Lego by Lego, and I, I just love that. It, you're a you're a good story, and you're doing great things, Brent. Uh, let's talk about your car number B one. How, how did that? Uh, where did B one come from?
3: Yeah, so I um I actually started off racing, and I was number eight, and uh my <laughs> this kind of my my wife is going to hate that I'm going to say this, but I raced RC cars, which she just always teases me about being a nerd for that. But I raced RC cars forever, like as a kid and my RC number was number eight. So I just like switched over to number eight, you know, when I started racing and actually that's the number that my son, Matthew is going to start off with too. So that's kind of neat. But, um, I, I switched over to the number B one because, um, when I, was racing around home. One of the guys I worked for decided to get into dealing and in building dirt cars. And so he built a car for me and um it was like his house car. And I guess a lot of the time house cars, their number is number one. Um and uh yeah, I just I kinda switched over to that, threw the B on there for my first name and I've just been B one since I guess I just never changed it or anything else. But I I like that number eight, but I don't want to step on Timmy Culp's number, you know, so
1: <laughs> nice. It's funny. L- listen, Melanie could laugh at me and you together. Cause I believe it or not. I used to announce at an RC track. Ah. I, I love RC cars. <laughs> th- those things are, those things are so technical, literally uh, with a remote control. And th- there's like weights around. Do you still have your RC cars? Do you still play with them?
3: Yeah. Um, she, again, is going to not like that. I'm talking about this, but anyhow, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my son, Matthew and I still race. We have more RC stuff than we should probably, but, uh, that's awesome. I've got like, um, yeah, I've got on 12th scale on road cars and we've got carpet off road cars. And, um, so we still dabble this last, this last winter we weren't able to do as much as I'd like because I just spent so busy trying to upgrade my team and, and get my son, my son's car ready to go. But, um, yeah we still dabble, and we've still got it and um Mel's still not very happy about it
2: <laughs> all right, brian, so you you know you do the r c racing on the side along with the race in the super late model. What does Brian Larson do away from the racetrack Is there any other hobbies that you have?
3: ah uh, not a lot i I do like hopping in a kayak every once in a while, maybe doing a little fishing or something like that but but i I kind of feel like racing is um is like my hobby, my you know, my vocation and my family like all wrapped up into one. Um, you know, it it's just it's pretty consuming. It takes up most of my time and most of my thought. And I try to convince Melanie that going to the races is a date, but she didn't always buy it. So sometimes we gotta run out to dinner somewhere (laughs) or something like that, you know. But if I were just to get away and like do something for myself take a day off I would take my kayak out somewhere and
1: so Brent uh obviously you're you're in racing is this your full-time career like do you focus on the race team or do you have a a real uh, job on the side of that
3: yeah I'm fortunate enough to have some help where I can do this primarily as my main job I take on some side projects here and there I I used to run a fabrication shop and we did a lot of race car bodies and street rod stuff and different things. Um, but I really shied away from that work. I, I just, uh, don't have the time to do it, to do it well and, uh, keep my customers satisfied. And so I occasionally take on some side projects, but um 95% of what I do is this racing stuff.
2: All right, so got a question I've been asking pretty much everybody Brent on a typical race day, what is on your playlist? Like what what do you like to listen to to get pumped up for the races?
3: Ah, uh, man, I don't actually don't listen to a ton of music on race day, but it changes. I've always been a huge Switchfoot fan. Um I feel like uh my faith is it's not something I wear outside a lot, but like inside it's, it's important to me and it's inspiring to me and it kind of helps wipe away, you know, um, anxiety or, or fear or whatever. And so, um, yeah, I might listen to some switch foot or something like that, but, uh, my wife and my kids, they like AGR and whatever. We just listen to a little bit, of everything, but, uh, but a lot of times come race day, I'm pretty much. Just into my own bubble, and I don't do a whole ton of music.
1: I was gonna say because you take your race day naps. That that's big. I know a couple drivers that take race day naps. How much does that nap really help you, Brent?
3: Um, it just it does uh, <laughs> more than I wish because when I don't have like my naps in, like a lot of times it shows. But uh, I I just get a chance to reset, and um, I try to take a nap like uh, you know, late afternoon. I give myself enough time to wake up before a driver's meeting or whatever, where I'm, I'm not droggy, but I, um, I feel like, uh, if I get a nap and then I wake back up and like the only thing, you know, I kind of hit reset. Like the only thing that's on my mind is, is what I gotta do to drive, what I gotta do to race, what we gotta do with the car. And, um, it keeps me from, you know, having to think about, you know, bills or, or taking care of so-and-so or calling somebody, somebody back or catching this email or whatever. Like I just kind of hit reset, shut down and then wake back up. And it's like, all I got to think about now is driving the car and how to go fast, you know?
1: So Brent today on our pre-race, we did something very fun. Well, we decided to uh, grade the drivers and, and we, we did a grade for you. And honestly, we were really, we were really nice to you. and um, uh, one of the reasons I gave you a good grade was because uh, recently I've been seeing on your Snapchats, you've been exercising more and we see, I, I, we feel that your the future is good. Like on the horizon, I think you're going to be doing great things here. Um, has exercising helped you a lot? Like for example, this past weekend, a good, uh, this is, this is, this wears you out racing and you went down there three wide for the lead on the bottom and you made it look easy. Uh, has exercising helped this at all?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So Like I was actually in the gym quite a bit before like the whole COVID crisis thing. Um, and then just like with everything else, it's just easy to get out of habit and on a schedule with that. And then I've been so busy. I hadn't really been able to get in, but, um, when we went to week after Volusia, Mel and I went down to hang out. Um, I forget where we were even, but some town in Florida, we hung out there for a week. Well, things got back to, above zero temperatures in Minnesota. And anyways, I just, you know, vacationed and got fat and whatever thing I was already fat, but I got fatter. And, uh, and we were down there and I just said to her, like, when we get home, like we got to do something. Like we kind of got thrown off with this COVID thing. And then, um, and then now we just haven't got back into a routine. And so, um, we, when we got home, we started this diet thing called Optiva and, uh, And I really wanted to get back in the gym and work out then, but they, um, the, the coaches on that deal were like, Hey, you gotta just lose some weight first. (laughs) You need to get healthy and then go back to the gym. And so I dropped like 25 pounds and then, um, I've been getting back in the gym like the last month, month and a half and just, you know, get my cardio stuff in better shape. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't notice the the times i was in a race car and wasn't as fit that it affected me but um but you know everything contributes and so just being healthy and being in shape if nothing else it's good for your confidence like you know you're going into a race as prepared as you can be so
2: brent as we move on here through the 2021 season what is your outlook and goals for the rest of the year
3: um i just want to keep keep going. I mean, we, we've been inconsistent some, I've had, I had a good run over at Cherokee at, had a good couple runs going at Volusia and then I've had some bad nights. We were bad at Smoky mountain. I wasn't very good at Boone. Um, and so, uh, I, I feel like I want to string like three or four good, good weekends together before I have a bad one, you know, And, and just, just trying to keep, keep getting more consistently, you know finishing more consistently well and uh so that's one of my goals but i i want to crack off a couple more podiums and we really want to win a race you know like that's everybody's goal that it's in a spot that hasn't won one um i want to win a world oval Law race and uh i i have a i've had a goal to be in the top 8 in points but i um you know as as things change this season i i, I may try to get in the seventh, you know may make change that goal even to 7th or something like that but uh yeah i just want to keep keep racing well and continuing to get more consistent um this 20 2020 was kind of a building year for us like everything we did from the covid crisis on in 2020 was just about trying to get better for 2021 and um and i feel like we we did that we set ourselves well um, that's kind of a weird goal to have for a year is just to make yourselves better for the next year. Like we didn't concentrate on finishes. We didn't concentrate on points. Like We just like, hey, let's put ourselves in better shape for 2021. We've done that. And this year we're in a position where, you know, we can race well, like we showed the other night. And, um, and so I think my 2021 needs to be, well, getting more consistent, tracking off some more podiums maybe get a win and then 2022 we can start to really focus on hey let, let's start to be one of the top guys in the sport you know
1: and, and obviously this year you had motul on board talk about that how that happened
3: yeah so um we have been talking to motul since like october and uh just seemed like it was a good fit for them um they recognized all the publicity that dirt track racing's been getting and um and they wanted to kind of Branch out a little bit, and then uh, it was a good fit for for my dad and his company. And um, we're actually just started distributing tool now ourselves. And so it it's just it's been an ongoing project, and um, we really I feel like I I built a friendship and relationship with those guys far before we ever you know started talking about dollars or logo placement or or what we were going to do or if we were going to do anything, and so. Um, it's really been a good relationship. It's been a good company. And, um, I always, you know, I, I wish I was like, a um, I sometimes wish I wasn't sponsored by them because like their, their products are so good. Like everything we use from them is like, wow, this stuff was like, great. And, but you know, nobody will believe me because they expect me to say that, you know? So, but yeah, like their stuff is, their stuff is really good. and. um and we've really been happy with everything in our partnership there and with their products. And, uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward for that, that ongoing relationship and, and their support has really helped put us in a position where we can, you know, afford to keep good tires on our car and keep our motors fresh and not be stressed out about finances and so on. So huge blessing to have them on board and, um, and just good partnership for my parents' company and everything as well.
1: I feel, you know, you have a lot going on, Brent. Because I know, like, you said you used 2020 as a build year to get ready for 2021. Like, there's a lot of work behind the scenes that people don't see that you did. Like, you you remodeled your trailer, too. Like, all this takes time. You've done a lot of great things, Brent. And honestly, it, it shows. And you're building Lego by Lego. Um, I want to ask you this. Who's your racing hero? Who do you look up to? Oh,
3: uh, man. Like, I... I sometimes struggle with favorites. Like people will be like, What's your favorite track? I'm like, I don't know. Like I I really like Knoxville, but then last time few times it was there just terrible and that that's not fun either. But uh it's, it's hard for me to like narrow down favorites, but I I always admired um Billy Moyer growing up. Um he's I feel like he can um he can put his car on the same place in the track better than anybody in the sport. Like he, he can run within an inch of the cushion and never put his right rear over it. Like just be in the little bit of Brown that's right before the curb, you know, and do it for hundred laps. And, and I've always admired, admired that about him. Um, one of the guys that I really, I have a lot of friends now in, in the sport, you know, like I'm very close friends with boom and, and a bunch of different guys. But one of the guys that, that I look up to a lot, um nowadays would probably be marler um i just i really love uh his outlook on life i love the way he does things um yeah like when i a lot of times when i think about like how should i do this or, or how should i view this or um what should my mindset be i'm like what what would mikey do you know and so uh so nowadays i guess i i think a lot about him and and the things he's taught me and and inspired me to to grow in you know i know exactly what you're
1: talking about every time i go and see mike marler's car in the pit i know i'm gonna go walk up there and have a good conversation with him he will always make time for you no matter what i love talking to mike he'll give me advice on my announcing and he'll talk to me about the cars and and give me knowledge and feed me knowledge and that's what i love about mike so i'm actually glad you mentioned him uh brent through all the the hard times, how do you stay so positive? Uh, some, <laughs> Cause you're a positive guy.
3: <laughs> Try and tell my wife that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's always just being positive. I, um, I think I know that this is what I want to do. And like, I, I feel like this is what I, I was put on to do during this period of my life, like I, I feel like I, I was destined to be a race car driver. Um, you know, for now, eventually that will change. I'll move on to other things or own cars or do something else someday. But, uh, but I think just knowing that this is my purpose, this is what I, where I'm supposed to be. This is what I want to do. It's like, there's no other option, you know, like I don't even really think about it. And, um, in the times I have thought about it, the times that I've been like, Hey, this sucks. I'm not sure this is what I want to do anymore. Um, I've got positive people around me, like my kids and my wife to keep me going. And, uh, you know, last year was a really tough start for us before the COVID thing. And, uh, my wife and I sat around on the couch and watched TV and, Had a couple too many drinks, just like probably pretty much everybody else in the country did for a month and a half. And like, after like a month of that, I looked over at her and I'm like, You realize if we didn't race, this would be our life? Like, this is what we would do. Like, granted, we could go out to restaurants and stuff, but nonetheless, like, we would sit on the couch, watch TV laugh at each other, having a drink or too much and get fat. I'm like, this is not what I want to do with my life, you know? And so, um, we decided at at that point, like, this is what we're going to do come hell or high water. Like we're gonna, we're going to find a way to race. Like this is, this is our life. This is our passion. And so, um, I think, I think for me, like, as much as being positive or as much as understanding that, Hey, it's just a bad few days or there's some good few days that are going to come as much as that. I think like to just, I just have a mindset. Like this is what we do. Like there's no, there's nothing else we're going to do. Like there's no other way around it. You know,
1: it's kind of like playing golf and you absolutely shank the ball. It's like at the end of the day, a bad day at the golf course is still a better day at work.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Joe Duvall is another one of my my buddies and guys I just kind of look up to the way he's aspired with business and work ethic and um and he always says no bad day at the racetrack, you know, and so I totally agree with that. Yeah, that, that's that's true. Uh, Brent, give us a good story.
1: Uh, up and down the road, obviously you and your family so like, you know, you guys are not shy with each other. Give us a good funny Brent Larson team story.
3: Oh man, I got to think of one that uh that I'm not going to get in trouble for. Yeah, um <laughs> Yeah, So I, I did talk to you about this kayaking thing a little bit. And, um, so it was 2019 over at deer Creek and, um, it had rained pretty good the night before. And so the, the Creek was high and, um, and I always have my kayaks shoved underneath our RV. And when we're around home, we take the RV, it just gives us more room for family and the dogs and whatever. So I had my kayaks with, we wrapped up on our car stuff around one o'clock or whatever one two o'clock and I screwed around with a couple of things and I thought you know I got a little time I'm gonna take my kayak over in this creek and and so um I uh you know got on my GPS I checked this whole thing out and I'm just like you know you want to make sure there's no waterfalls or anything going on big rapids or whatever and I kind of got it all looked over and thought this is gonna be pretty good and we we found a road that I thought I could get up on. Melanie was going to borrow somebody's truck, go grab some groceries, and um, and then come pick me up or whatever. So I had down this thing, and everything was going cool. And then I get like a half an hour into it. And um, and Casey Schumann may laugh about this, but all of a sudden, I get like this surprise group text that, hey, we're going to have a, a driver autograph session in like an hour. And I'm like out in the middle of the stream on my kayak. And I, I always get caught by surprise by the driver autograph sessions somehow. And it just seems to, I get the notification at the worst time and chase Casey's caught the brunt of that a couple of times. That's why I say he may laugh or not, but anyhow. So now all of a sudden I'm like, well, crap, I got to like get myself down this stream and get back to this autograph session. So I'm like paddling my ass off, you know, trying to get down and, um, Everything was going good. And then I got to this spot where like there's all these cows out in the middle of this island. And I know this is going to sound weird, but I have a phobia of cows from my, when I was a little kid. I got chased around <laughs> by a couple of them. And uh, so I was like freaked out. Well, anyways, I don't know if they're trying to warn me or what, but it turns out that underneath this super old railroad bridge, it was built in the 1800s. There was like a waterfall underneath this thing that I couldn't see on the GPS. And, um, and so I like got up to this thing and there was barbed wire all, all over the place because there's trying to keep the cows from going through there or whatever. And, uh, anyways, long story short, I capsized my kayak. I got stuck in the middle of this waterfall (laughs) and, um, and I spent like, 45 minutes trying to get it out and um and it wasn't happening so i had a scale like the side of this cliff thing to get up on top of this bridge where i finally got phone service and then i got a hold of mel and i'm like hey and meanwhile she's been like you know only thinking the worst like where is he what's going on is he dead or what and so i get a hold of her And now I'm like stranded out in the middle of uh, wherever, Southern Minnesota. And we're trying to figure out how to get me out of there. And like, I'm mostly concerned, like of the cows. Like, I'm just like, I'm going to have to run through a field somewhere where there's cows. (laughs) So like, I, I brought my paddle with me. And then I had to trudge across that old bridge, which was like as rotted out as it was put together. Like when I was underneath it, trying to get my kayak out. I was noticing how all the supports were completely rotted out and gone. And so anyways, um, I had to run across this bridge and get back with Mel and, uh, I get back to the track. I missed the driver's meeting. I was all cut up and bruised and kind of wore out. Um, but I was still able to get a nap in and I didn't have any troubles with the cows. So, um, All all ended well, I don't know. That's just one little thing. I mean, you know, there's, there's all sorts of little things that, that we get to see or experience on the road. And, um, I just, I, a lot of times just have to pinch myself just when we're in the truck and trailer, you know, going through all the different spots in the country and like, and just thinking to myself, like, wow, like I'm, I'm traveling all over the country doing what I love. And, you know, in a, in a nice rig and and with people that, that support me that want to do this, like it, it couldn't be any better than this. So um, just getting across and seeing different parts of our country and, and, you know, dealing with little hardships that come up and the, the good times and the laughs and the, the weird things you see it was like, what what was that? What did I just see there, you know, and, and all that it's awesome. You know, I, I couldn't be any more fortunate to be able to do it. Have you ever taken a,
1: a real, you, like, have you ever set time aside and say, you know, I'm going to go to like Seattle or I'm going to go to Colorado to go kayaking? Like, have you ever done that?
3: Um, no, I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, Mal and I went and my kids and I, we went, uh, water rafting in Arizona. And, um, I guess they do like multi-day trips like that where like you can raft or kayak for like two or three days at a time. And so that's something we've talked about, but man, I just get so busy with racing and, and the kids and everything else. It's hard to set aside two or three days sometimes. And if I did, Mel would probably try dragging me to Mexico or some vacation spot where I just sit around and stare at the sand, you know? So oh, that makes sense. Well,
1: Good deal. Uh, Brent, you've been a joy to talk to on stick signals. Uh, you're one of the late few late model drivers that we can ask a question. You give us a good story with it. So thank you. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? Anyone you'd like to thank?
3: Yeah, I, I just got to circle back to my family and thank them so much again. And my sponsors, you know, like, um, th- that's what makes it fun. Like, you know, last week seeing, um, all up on sticks and, and uh, she had a ladder up there, and I thought she was going to fall off that thing. I could see her shaking with sticks every time it went by, you know. And and uh, I was chatting with Rumley a little bit the next day, and and I said, uh, "Man, my poor wife. She didn't know what to do up there." And he said, "Well, just keep putting her in that spot, and she'll figure it out," you know. And and so, uh, yeah, the people that that are there day in and day out and have to deal with with me being grumpy, or you know, the little things take up the slack on on unexpected parts breaking or needing to err here or there, or whatever. Um, that just makes this possible. And and you know, of course, my sponsors like um like Motul and my dad's company, Hanko and uh, Real Cafe, Temper Surf and, and Arnie. You know, Arnie's just been a huge, huge part. You know, I, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for him. He gave me the opportunity in 2016 and. And he hasn't been as active lately with the cancer, but he he got me here and he's pushed me along and he's kept me going and and so that's been a huge thing and yeah I don't know I'm just super thankful to be here and excited for what the future holds and um hoping to have uh, a lot more memories made like we made on last Friday.
1: Brett well, Larson, uh, great things are going to happen for this driver. Uh, kind of you know we. We talk about those things with wings. Um, But I remember when the World of Outlaws, I think it was STP back in the day, when they first came to El Paso, it was 2013. I remember seeing Jacob Allen and Logan Shuhart show up. It was a shark racing and they had this old rig old hauler. And they had these chassis. They were probably all metal. Like, they were 1980s sprint car stuff. You know what I mean? And, like, they had old equipment, ancient stuff, but this team never gave up. A lot of people said, man, why are they on tour? And look at them now. He, I mean, for God's sakes, he almost won the King's Roll. When was it, last year? Logan Shuhart did? Like, these guys are doing so well. They got a, a corporate sponsor, like, Dryden to sponsor them. That's who Brent Larson reminds me of. Um, You know, he, he just never gives up. He's always fighting. Uh, I talked to him at Volusia. He does little by little. Like, I say building Lego by Lego and great things are on the horizon for this team. So it was good to talk to Brent Larson here on stick signals. Yeah. I actually got to hang out a little bit with the, with the shark guys up at Lincoln while
0: we're we're shooting that stuff for uh, it'll be a, be an outlaw video coming out, a meet and greet with the shark guys. So I think that's a pretty good comparison. Same, same sort of work ethic. Just keep your, keep your nose to the grindstone incremental improvements and and eventually Larson will get there.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not an easy thing to do. A lot of people could easily talk smack, but you know, it's not easy. You go out there in a, you know, 850 plus horsepower late model on a slick track and try not to spin out just in the first corner. It's, it's, It's wild, and it's amazing to see what he's doing. So, all right, fans, your uh, house cleaning notes and the Dirt Vision Weekend Preview. Wednesday night, the night you should be listening to this Stick Signals episode. Dirt Car Esports is going to go on on Dirt Vision. Then uh, Friday, the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series are at Attica, and Attica puts on good late-model racing, so I'm excited to see how the sprint cars are there. Uh, The World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Model Series. We're back at the Port Royal uh, Speedway for the Huey Wilcoxon Memorial Night 1, 10000 to win, and the Williams Grove Speedway Week racing on dirt vision that friday night then saturday the world of outlaws nos energy drink sprint car series are at the sharon speedway and then knoxville weekly racing yeah the knoxville speedway championship series and then we're back for the final night at port royal fifteen thousand to win billy basic memorial and sunday yeah weekend's not over the houston speedway uh, for their weekly racing so a lot of action on dirt vision if you are not a dirt vision subscriber make sure to get that fast pass now or get that uh platinum fast pass today. Go to dirtvision.com to subscribe and download the app. It's very, very nice on your smart TV or your phone, tablet, whatever device you like to watch on. It's very nice and very convenient. So that's gonna do it for the Dirt Vision this weekend. Race fans, thank you so much for listening to episode 14. It's been fun. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with episode fifteen. Have a good weekend everybody.